Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 914, air date March 24th, 2021. All right, good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. It's 9.45. We're going to have a discussion about green tea and immune health. It's going to be part of our immune health series, and I look forward to everyone uh, joining us. Uh, one of the things that many of you know that I focus on, uh, whether it's presenting a biological system or whether I'm presenting something in the healthcare system or any kind of system, is to... Uh, attempt to reinforce the fact that all systems in the universe have a common um, set of uh, principles. And those principles are embodied in the science of systems, which I teach every Monday evenings as a part of our Truth, Freedom and Health Warrior training program. And the purpose of that training is to build a movement that is dedicated to Truth, Freedom and Health. So we'll talk about that, but you'll see it's continually intertwined in a pretty open and uh, way throughout any of the d- discussions that we have. So, so good evening to everyone from Omaha, Ireland. Good evening. Uh, let's see, green t- trees, estrogenic. Okay, we'll talk about that. Uh, Omaha, good to have you. Hello from Canada, great to have you. People say they love green tea. Excellent, green tea and ginger, one of my favorites. Let's see what we got here, Jersey. Thank you for all your information. Sure. Scotland, great to have you. Thank you. Nashville, thermogenic. Good. All right. Um, So we have a number of people. uh, Tucson, we have people on uh, all different channels right now. Black seed oil is also great. True. We've done, by the way, a whole research project on black seed oil for one of the largest uh, black seed oil manufacturers who do organic great black seed oil. And we'll share that at some point also. Tennessee, Long Island, Boston, good to have you. Australia, good day. Maryland, Georgia, Maryland, um, Alabama. Who do we have here? Toronto, Instagram, uh, Connecticut, Ontario, Canada. All right, wonderful. Okay, so it's almost 10 o'clock, so this will probably take about 30 to 40 minutes. Having a cup, a cup of green tea right here. All right, always make sure it's organic. Make sure all the organic teas, that you, uh, anytime you eat greens, make sure they're organic, particularly organic, because, you know, they leach everything that's in the soil. Nebraska, Ontario, Canada, uh, Indiana, good to have you. Kimberly, Michigan, David Hammond, nice to have you. Sandra from, greetings from Melbourne, Australia, Florida, California. I put ginger in my applesauce yesterday from, that that must have tasted good. It's excellent. We have Washington, D.C., Perth, Australia, Namaste from New York, Fairfax, Virginia, People ask, what brand do I like? Look, uh, the brand I look for is make sure it's organic. That's the most important thing. Make sure it's organic and it comes from a reputable source. I mean, I eat a lot of the, uh, I drink a lot of the, uh, what is the traditional medicines. I like those guys. Um, Kerala, India. 
All right. It's interesting. Okay. I wonder if we're being uh, Scotland. Revere, Massachusetts. Great to have you. Okay. Let's start. Well, good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure, and welcome to the discussion we're going to have today on green tea and immune health. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And let me jump right into it. Let me go right here. I've set up my system in a different way. So it's green tea and immune health, um, green tea and immune health, and it's a cytosol molecular systems biology analysis. And everyone will understand that this is brought to you by, you know, uh, the platform that we're building, VA Shiva, which is about creating the future for truth, freedom, and health. So I want to, um, you know, we're going to make this into a short video, so I don't have to repeat it all the time, but I will give you the back, the full background. But if um, I encourage everyone to go to the website, vashiva.com, and on that website, you'll see a range of things that I've been doing for a large part of my life. But when you look at that website, you'll find out that the single sort of thread, the single DNA that ties it all up together is a search for systems. You know, it's a search for uh, unity across all different systems. And I've worked a lot on many different kinds of systems. Now, green tea, any type of food is also a system and it interacts with another system. In this case, the molecular system in your body. Everything in the universe is a system. And every Monday night at 7 to 10 p.m. as a part of our Truth, Freedom, and Health Warrior training program, I teach at the Foundations of Systems course. And it's a, uh, it's, it's a great course because it's taking about 40, 50 years of really, really deep engineering knowledge, a scientific knowledge, and putting it to a form that anyone can access. But that's the core thread that you'll see throughout the work here. Um, and to those of you who are new, um, by the way, this will be made into a short video, so I don't have to again repeat, but I grew up in um, many different worlds, and I had to always figure out how to integrate systems. I grew up as a child in Bombay, India, which was sort of New York on steroids, but I also grew up in a deep South Indian village, very different contrasting environments. This, this had no electricity, no running water, right? And uh, these are the scenes from that village. And my grandparents were poor village farmers. My grandmother worked 16 hours in the field, and that's a picture of her in her Sunday best. But she was a village shaman where she could observe your face and predict what was going on inside your body, understand the constitution of your body using a traditional system of medicine called Siddha, Siddha S-I-D-D-H-A. And based on that, she could figure out what was going on in your body for you, and then she would figure out the right types of combination, let's say foods or herbs or massage that was right for you. So it was a personalized medicine. Now, that interest in medicine is when I came to the United States, I worked very hard by the time I was 14 years old, maybe a little bit hard to believe, I was working as a full-time research fellow at what is now known as Rutgers Medical School in the heart of Newark, New Jersey. And what I was exploring was I wanted to integrate my love of computing. You know, I had gone to NYU the summer before to learn computer science uh, in an intensive program and my love of medicine. And so sleep itself is a system. So when babies sleep, believe it or not, babies actually have six states of sleep. So as a 14-year-old kid, I was given the opportunity at this medical school to uh, come up with algorithms which could um, see if I could predict the onset of, of an apnea, that's when the baby stops sleeping, based on 
uh, assessing different patterns of sleep. So that was one of my first forays into integrating computing with biology. So that's almost, Jesus, 43 years ago. And, um, but while I was there, I was given the opportunity to create another system. What we now know is email. Well, the origin of email is not the simple exchange of text messages, but it comes from the desktop of the secretary where she had the inbox, the outbox behind her, those file folders, the paper clips, and she'd write this thing called a memo, which had a very particular structure in this system of the inner office mail system. The two from the subject CC was carbon copy. BCC was, you know, you were blind carbon copying and she would literally take a piece of paper and put carbon paper. This was put into an envelope and it was sent around the office in these pneumatic tubes. And this was the inter-office mail system um, that was the medium for collaboration. So if I was going to hire you in this environment, I would write a memo to my boss, CC, maybe HR, attach your resume and it got circulated. Right, so that's really sort of the social media of the time. And I was asked to convert this entire system that you're seeing here, not just simple exchange of text messages to the electronic version, which I did in 50,000 lines of code. I named that system email, as you can see here, the first one to coin that term, because the operating system only allowed five characters. And then I um, went on to win a number of awards. This is back in 1980. You can see there's my uh, two of my teachers, Dr. Michelson, who was my mentor in the back, and then when I went to MIT, the president of MIT said, you know, it's unfortunate that the patent systems did not even recognize software uh, as something that could be patentable, but you could copyright it by the Computer Act of 1980. And that's what I did as a, as a teenager at the time. And, I, um, and here's on August 30th, 1982, a young American teenager got issued the first US copyright for email recognizing me as the inventor of email. So, but email fundamentally was a system, right? That's what you have to understand. The, any of the uh, issues concerning the controversy around email, there is no controversy. The simple exchange of text messages is not email. I created the system and that's what email is. But uh, the, the exercise taught me a lot about, as I circled here, systems. And my, by the way, my mother, many, many years ago, I never, uh, did a lot of PR around this, but 33 years later, my mom had saved all of this in a beautiful Samsonite suitcase. And the editor of Time Magazine, tech, technology editor, uh, finally unearthed it and brought it out to the public. It was called, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the article in Time, The Man Who Invented Email. So one of the important things to understand was that the invention of email took place in the system of innovation, freedom, and infrastructure. And we'll come back to this, but this too involved the ability for a young kid to have freedom to do this infrastructure uh, in an environment of innovation. Now, all of that occurred before I came to MIT. So when I came to MIT, I was deeply interested in medicine and um, really trying to unravel how my grandmother in that small village who had no degrees, you know, no, um, you know, uh, formal training was able to apply this ancient system of medicine. But I found when I got to MIT was that, um, the, everything was treated as parts, okay? And there was not a systems approach to medicine. So I was a little bit uh, disappointed. So I went on to the engineering sciences. So I ended up getting a bunch of degrees at MIT in engineering and mechanical engineering and design out of the media lab. Um, and uh, I went on to invent things too. So one of my second life with email was the creation of a company called Echo Mail. And this was a company, and by the way, we built our data center around this uh, nearly uh, 
many of the Fortune 1000 companies throughout the world would outsource their email management to us, not their email. So if they got a customer service email, be routed to our servers, our technology would analyze email using some advanced pattern recognition techniques I'd built at MIT for my PhD work, which I was doing at the time to extract the attitude of the email, the issues in the email. So we could lower the cost of customer service. So that was one of my first um, uh, entrepreneurial ventures, but EchoMail was also a system. And you can go read about it on vashiva.com. And then I did that for around 10 years, came back to MIT in 2003 to create another system for computational systems biology, which was Cytosol, which we'll talk about more. But Cytosol is a system for using the computer to mathematically model molecular reactions and um, use complex bioinformatics to understand a body of work. So when we look at green tea, that's what we look at. But fundamentally, Cytosol itself is a system uh, for computational systems biology. And by the way, those of you, a lot of you have written to me, what products do I recommend? Um, well, um, about uh, back in 2013, we took the technology of Cytosol and we figured out that we could actually use it to certify uh, what we called you know, uh, different types of, oops, let me just start this up. We could use it to certify what we call, uh, I gotta start this again. One second, folks. For the people on Instagram, I have two. One second, start, oh, there we go, okay. So um, what I, uh, a number of the people in the health industry, you know, at Whole Foods and a lot of the uh, companies, they were very interested in figuring out if we could create a certification was known for raw food. There was no certification. So that ended up in a journey where I created the Clean Food Certified Label. And you can go look at it at cleanfoodcertified.com. But we have actually come up with a way uh, beyond just organic, beyond just non-GMO. Uh, it's a multi-part method of using foods that are um, organic, uh, ethically made, non-GMO, active, which means high bioavailability, that are safely produced, and nourishing. So you may want to go check this out because it is again a systems approach to understanding food, a another part of my journey to systems. And then um, in 2007, after I finished my PhD, I took a little bit of break and I wanted to really, uh, now that I had all my degrees and no one could sort of, you know, I mean, people still attack you anyway, but I had a little more credibility uh, perhaps because I had finished my PhD in biological engineering. And in the world of biological engineering or the world of biology, you look at the world as a system like this, you know, as a, uh, you know, triangle like this, where you have at the bottom genes and proteins, which lead up to pathways, which lead up to functional modules, which lead up to large scale organization. Okay, this is a Western view of biology. Well, this was the way my grandmother viewed through the Siddha system of medicine, where the focus was the notion of vatha, pitta, and kapha. This was a way that she would identify your body type. So for example, something like green tea was a vatha herb, right? Because it, it has caffeine, uh, it increased activity. So everything in the universe could be categorized as vatha, pitta, or kapha, or combinations thereof, including your body. So that was a very different way of looking at, at the world. So my intention was, could I link both of these worlds that led to my winning this Fulbright Award. And this was on the front page of MIT, where I was afforded the opportunity to go back to India and study if I could integrate these two worlds, if I could 
in fact, integrate east and west. And the big aha moment I had, which I, by the way, I'm not gonna get into all the details, but fundamentally I realized that the Indian system of medicine, which was represented by this language and others, was directly related to Western control system theory, system science. And I evolved out of this a new kind of system science where I was able to integrate Eastern and Western medicine in a very profound way that I could actually build a bridge between you know, MDs and medical doctors who looked at those systems with, with a little distrust, plus the new age movement, the naturopaths, they and the, and the yoga teachers, they could have a way of conversing with Western medicine. And that was really the development of Systems Health, wrote a paper on it in one of the engineering journals. And one of the things I did to really educate all of you, I created a tool called Your Body, Your System. So you can actually look at how green tea affects you, okay? So Your Body, Your System is a way to take this engineering east-west systems approach where you could actually um, answer a set of questions and it'll figure out what kind of body system you are. So you don't have to go all the way to India and have you know some shaman look at you. I've sort of figured out how to deduce that with this. And then you could figure out how your body's in balance, like my grandmother would. And then you could figure out uh, the system will recommend to you different foods and different exercises that will bring you back to you. And that's your body, your system. And then later on, I took that capability and I said, you know, I got to teach more people about this. That became a course called Systems Health. So we've educated before we started the Truth and Health Warrior Program, probably about eight to 10,000 people all over the world, you know, healthcare professionals non-healthcare professionals. And this is a deep, deep curriculum where people can get a master's certification in this, then they could actually um, get more recently, what I've done is I took this course and I distilled it down to a version that you know um, is called the foundations of systems, the core of it. And that forms the core of our Truth, Freedom and Health Warrior training program, okay? So that's what the essence of Truth, Freedom and Health comes out of. It's the essence of recognizing that when you take a systems approach, you can actually figure out a uh, an approach to actually support everything in the universe, including politics. Okay, so um, let me in the uh, you know I think what I do I want to do this now? Yeah. So that's really the basis of the truth, freedom, and health movement, and I'll come back to this later on. Okay. So please go check out vashiva.com. And, you know, you can sign up for the warrior program, vashiva.com slash warrior. Let me flash that up here so everyone's got it. All right, there we go. All right. So that's always a background. You know, I'm going to try to make what I just said into a short video so I can, you know, as people are logging in, um, I don't have to repeat it and it'll make it easier on me and for you guys. So let's talk about green tea and immune health. All right. Um, first of all, what we're going to cover is uh, what we're going to learn today is what is green tea? What is green tea? And second, we're going to learn what biological functions does green tea affect? Having some right now. And what health benefits does green tea provide? And how green tea affects the immune system? Okay. You know, I think the immune system is really important to understand. Um, there's a bunch of videos I've done before, but part of this is to educate the broad mass and the public. Um, there's something that we call antibodies. And that's what the focus of when you get inoculated to bring up those antibodies. But it's important to understand that there are many other things that are involved in your body to also support your immune system. Uh, unfortunately, the media and the press just focuses on antibodies um, and it doesn't focus on the other. So I feel 
it a duty to educate people. So we'll also, uh, you'll learn also about the immune system, all right? So, well, green tea. Um, some people consider it nature's antibiotic, one of nature's antibiotics. It's, it's, um, its usage was discovered over 4,000 years ago in China. It's most con consumed, um, you know, beverage after water. It's pretty incredible. So just think about it. It's the most consumed beverage after water. Quite, quite amazing, okay? Green tea is the most consumed beverage after water. And it's produced from the fresh leaves of Camellia sinensis. And, you know, we recently did some very cool research. Maybe I'll share it. And we just, it's in the midst of publication where we really looked at the effect of green tea um, after people take, uh, get a transplant. What we noticed was, and we did this with, an, with some um, the NIH supported research with the City of Hope. And what we found was that when people consume green tea, they had less transplant rejection, which means the it had an immunomodulatory effect. So we were able to just show that in a very wonderful scientific paper. So green tea has many, many effects, but one of the things it has, it has an immunomodulation effect um, also. So uh, it's produced from the fresh leaves and the major benefits uh, of green tea are attributed to catechins and amino acids, catechins and amino acids. By the way, you can actually, um, you know, one is you're drinking the tea the others, people are making extracts, green tea extracts. And you can look at some of the herbal supplement companies. And when you look at it, you wanna look at, you know, the level of, you know, the, we'll talk about these catechins that they have, like EGCG. That gives it really the potency of what it is. So people are essentially doing extracts out of it uh, for green tea, all right? So um, it's pretty well researched, as you can see here, there's nearly, 35,342 research articles, incredible number of clinical trials. I think it's probably one, out of all the things we've spoken about in the last couple of weeks, green tea has the most amount of clinical research. You can see it's got nearly 1,356 clinical trials done on it. And that's over 211 years of medical research. So that means where we're in 2020, 1920, 1820, which means going back to 1820 uh, minus 11, right? Which would be 1809. So since 1809, there's been 35,342 research articles written, over 1,356 clinical trials. Quite extraordinary. Very, very well-researched supplement. Now, in order to, for us to understand this, I mean, think about having to go through all those research articles. How would you do that? Well, with Cytosol, um, the technology I'm going to talk about Cytosol allows us to take all those research papers, curate the ones that we think are relevant, in this case to immune health, extract out the molecular mechanisms, build an architecture, and then understand how that works. So we're gonna share with you some of that research. And um, as I shared with you, Cytosol is a powerful systems approach, again, systems again, um, to really understand at the molecular level how things work. And it uses not just cherry picking, but we take a systems approach, really taking a 360 view of all the literature that we could get. And uh, I think it's important to educate you on Cytosol. Again, a lot of the knowledge here uh, is uh, probably knowledge that very, very few people on the planet have the opportunity to get. So I enjoy sharing it, but Cytosol is a technology I built and you can see the logo on Cytosol is this pill 
with this uh, digital thing because what we're doing is we're literally uh, understanding at the molecular systems level what goes on here. Now, the understanding of cytosol is important to understand the contrast where it, what the way people do drug development. Like if you look at this, this is we're not just looking at one compound, we're looking at many compounds. But the drug companies typically take one compound. Um, let's say they'll take a little test tube and put cancer cells in there. It's called in vitro testing. They'll drop a bunch of, um, you know, that compound in there. Let's say it's some compound, let's say for pancreatic cancer, gemcitabine. And then if they think it's killing the cancer cells, then they'll get more money and then they'll go test it on animals, kill a bunch of animals. And if it doesn't kill too many animals, they will get the rights to go to an FDA trial. And then they'll go to phase one, phase two, phase three, and then finally they get a product. One of the things to note is, remember, they're not looking, if you look at green tea, it's not just one compound, it's got many, many compounds. The drug companies just look at one little compound. And by the way, that compound typically does not occur in nature. It's what's called a synthetic compound. And they take that compound and they put it through this process, which is a, by the way, uh, uh, it goes through this long process, $5 billion, 13 years. And here's a funny thing. The thing that comes out at the end of that process, it only works for 10% of the disease. So even though they did all that, let's say they create a drug for pancreatic cancer, it only works for 10% of the cases, not that efficacious, causes a lot of side effects. And the problem with this process is that, and this is why food is medicine, is that look at, even from a business standpoint, they're spending every year more and more and more money on R&D, and they're finding less and less and less new molecules. That's what NME means. Um, new molecules are actually being allowed by the FDA. So it's like an inverse relationship. So pharma is actually in a bad situation right now. This is why the development of vaccines is extremely important to them because it's their future. Because vaccines do not need to go through all of those strictures, even pharmaceutical drugs do, they're considered a biologic. And moreover, you can't sue uh, a vaccine manufacturer, all right? So this is quite a you know big gold mine for pharma guys because uh, they don't have to go through the same pharmaceutical process and they're gonna get more stuff approved. And the other piece we don't understand, the reason this occurs is the entire way that medicine is developed today is in a reductionist way where the doctors or the medical researchers are looking at pieces of the puzzle, like the blind men looking at pieces of the elephant. And if they ever were to work together, they'd get something like this, which looks nothing like the elephant. By the way, this is called reductionism. This is the opposite of systems. So again, we teach this in the Truth, Freedom and Health Warrior course, which I request all of you take advantage of. You get the course and you're also supporting our movement. But reductionism is the opposite of a systems approach. It's how you can manipulate people, okay? You can take a little piece, manipulate it, disconnect it. You can write news, you can create fake signs, fake news, et cetera, okay? That's, where, that's why reductionism is very powerful. Now, in 2003, when the Genome Project ended, up until the, that year, biologists were essentially taking a very reductionist approach. Reductionism meaning they thought, oh, complexity of the human body was a direct function of the number of genes. The more genes you had, the more complex you were, right? That's a reductionist approach because it's saying the number of parts equals complexity. Well, in 2003, we found out that we have the same number of genes as a worm. And this forced biology 
to move into a new field called systems biology and best expressed by this diagram here. Peter Hunter, one of our um, uh, uh, guys who offered to be on a Cytosol scientific advisory board said, look, if you look at the whole physiome, this entire body is not, is not just the genes over here, but it's the genes interacting with the proteins, interacting with cell structures. It's much more complex. It's an interconnection. And this field of systems biology gave rise to one of the grand challenges in 2003 when I came back to MIT to finish my PhD was, could you mathematically model the entire human cell or any cell on the computer? Because if you could do that, you could avoid the need for animal testing. You could save a lot of lives. You could make medicines faster and cheaper and safer. And that was a big motivation for me because the intent was, first of all, it was an interconnection of computing and biology. So if the, if the cell is a big interconnection of chemical reactions, imagine being able to look at a field, extract out the chemical reactions, interconnect them together like Lego pieces, and then use that to understand how food affects you or how particular supplements affects you. It would be radical. And that was really what I did for my PhD work between 2003 to seven. And these are, by the way, these, this is a molecular pathway which can become a mathematical model, which we, uh, the, the technology that I developed allowed us, allowed us to interconnect systems of models to create a platform. And so, by the way, if you think about when you build an airplane, you don't just throw pilot in, in the plane or nor do you just immediately go to wind tunnel testing. Everything you do is done on the computer first, okay? And people thought this was not, would not be possible with biological systems. They're much more complex, by the way, than an airplane, far more complex, orders of magnitude. But that's what I created with Cytosol. So Cytosol is a major breakthrough because we're able to do the same thing. We can take the compounds, we can test it, compounds, which means food, right? Supplements, test it on the computer long before we go kill animals. And we can get a pretty good idea. Is this true? Is it not true? Are we headed in the right direction, et cetera? All right. So to me, this is very interesting because I've come full circle because I can do what my grandmother used to do when she used to combine ingredients for the person. She used the principle of synergy to really understand combinations of ingredients. And green tea is not just one ingredient. Green tea is many, many different molecules. So when you take green tea, your body is being modulated by a whole host of molecules, not just one particular you know, molecule, which is what the drug companies focus on, single molecule. So by the way, so we've created a whole infrastructure here at Cytosolve. We have our own data center. We can take the repositories. We can mine the data. Uh, we work with research communities all over the world and we, our models are getting better and better and better, okay? So when you look at uh, green tea, what is it composed of? Because it's not just one drug. This is why Cytosol is so valuable because um, we need to understand it in a holistic way. So green tea is composed of many, many things. Well, it does contain caffeine, 4% dry weight is caffeine, six to eight, 8%, lots and lots of minerals, okay? Amino acids, eight to 12%, polyphenols, 36%. It's a very powerful food, okay? Minerals and amino acids and polyphenols, 36% um, dry weight. And those polyphenols are extremely powerful ingredients um, that affect um, all types of chemical reactions. So the mineral composition of green tea, as you can see, 
in a butt, nine major minerals, all the way from potassium to nickel, calcium, magnesium, fluoride, chromium, selenium, zinc, cobalt, nickel. Now, I have to emphasize this. It's very, in my view, it's very, very important. You can do what you want, that you have to try to shoot for uh, particularly the teas that come from uh, organic sources because, you know, green, green matter sucks up everything in the ground, right? You know, so think about it. you're in a polluted environment, right? And everything in the atmosphere drops into the ground and everything leaches into the green tea or the green tea leaches everything up. So um, I would suggest go organic. It would be very valuable, okay? Um, but look at all the amino acids that green tea has, okay? Green tea has some incredible amino acids, L-theanine, which tempers the effect of caffeine. So this is why people say, well, I'm, I'm getting caffeine from green tea, but the L-theanine has a modulatory effect, very different than drinking coffee. Um, so theanine is in green tea and it really modulates the effects of caffeine. But look, you got tyrosine, tryptophan, threonine, uh, ethylglutamine, glutamic acid, serine, glycine, va va valine, leucine, aspartic acid, lysine, and arginine. So it's got, you know, 13 amino acids in there. Arginine, as many of you know, is extremely important for nitric oxide release. If you exercise or if you have arginine, arginine really vasodilates the blood vessels leading to nitric oxide release. And nitric oxide, you know, um, some people consider the molecule uh, one of the most powerful molecules because it's very important for cardiovascular function. All right. So uh, we have arginine, uh, arginine there also. So again, lots of minerals, lots of amino acids in green tea. And here are some of the four major, what are called catechins. Okay. And I just want you to look at these structures. Uh, you know, I love these structures, but you can see that we have epicatechin, we have epicatechin gallate, ECG, and you have ep ep uh, gallocatechin gallate, EGCG. So this one on the far right, and you also have epigallocatechin, EGC, okay? This is epigallocatechin uh, gallate, uh, but you can see how the, the structures change. So here you have epicatechin, right? But the difference is epicatechin gallate has this whole other uh, structure over here on the bottom right, okay? The epigallocatechin has the this structure here, but you can notice what's uh, important to understand, it's got an extra OH group here, right? Unlike epicatechin. And this one um, has, you know, a features of essentially all of these, right? It's got this group over here from the epicatechin gallate, plus it's got this group here from the epigallocatechin, right? So this is, EGCG, um, if you go look around for supplements, you'll find out typically uh, you can get EGCG itself. Um, in our research, it's one of the most important elements. It has very, very, it's probably one of the most well-researched too, EGCG. But the key thing is you have all of these different compounds. So, you know, when we're considering green tea and the effects on the body, again, it's a multi-combination. If you think about food as medicine or food as a drug, you know, uh, our food is medicine. This medicine has, you know, at least in the catechins, four major compounds that hit different parts of the body. This is why synergy is extremely important to understand. Um, so what are the biological effects of green tea? Well, here's some of the important biological effects. 
And um, it's got many, many, you know, six major effects. Antioxidant, powerful antioxidant. Anti-inflammatory, anti-proliferative, which means anti-tumor. Anti-thrombotic, which means for thrombosis, you know, um, uh, from the, uh, um, you know, standpoint of heart, heart issues. Vasorelaxation, which means that's what the arginine does. Anti-angiogenic, again, related to cancer. One is it, it'll make sure that the cancer, um, if you, if some, you know, when, when a tumor implants itself, it starts putting out its own vasculature, which means its own pipelines to start, you know, um, attacking the rest of your body. That's called angiogenesis, that vasculature. So what green tea does is also anti-angiogenic. So you have a number of very, very powerful uses here. So you just want to sort of look at that. You can see the many, many um, aspects of green tea, biological effects. And over here on the diagram, we're looking at all the different molecules that it interacts with, all right, in each one of these. Definitely a powerful antioxidant, anti-inflammatory. What are the health benefits? Well, great for obesity and weight loss, anti-aging, uh, immune function, cardiovascular disease, liver disease, cancer, arthritis, diabetes, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, cold and flu, asthma, depression, and periodontal disease, all right? So if you look at all of these things, you will realize that ultimately many of these health benefits are related to inflammation and the immune system, which we're gonna talk about. But you can see the wide ways in which it affects the body. So, you know, I have probably a couple uh, cups of green tea every day. Uh, you know, you may want to obviously consult with your doctor, but it's, um, it, I don't think it's going to uh, affect you in a negative way. If anything, it can protect you in many, many, many different ways. Again, I highly recommend make sure you get it from an organic source. All right. So let's um, talk about the immune system. All right. So we want to look at green tea's effect on the immune system. So it's important to understand the immune system. And I I've done this a couple of times and I keep incorporating it into this discussion for a very particular reason because it's important that we understand that the immune system is not just antibodies, okay? And I wanna share with you the sort of the primitive understanding of the immune system and the much more modern theory of the immune system which I've put forward, which I presented at the National Science Foundation a couple of years ago at an invited lecture. So let me look at that for you. So the immune system, first of all, consists of a two compartment model, okay? In the old view of the immune system, I call it the old view, but this is unfortunately the view that's still um, in, in, in the mainstream, that you have the innate immune system, which is the immune system that's in your eyes, your throat, your gut, right? It's the thing that's exposed to the pathogen. And this immune system attempts to take out the pathogen using cells like macrophages, which attempt to literally eat it up, okay? and you know, sort of start dismembering it, um, the pathogen. And once this is done in this model of the immune system, the parts of the uh, components that have been eaten up are called antigens. They're presented to the adaptive immune system, which then generates antibodies. And in this um, conventional understanding of the immune system, if you got antibodies, you're done, you're in great shape, okay? Well, the conundrum here is, or the problem is there are people who get exposed to a pathogen who never have antibodies, but they survive really well. Well, how's that possible? How did that happen? Well, because there are other parts of the immune system which give you immunity. 
And, and those include systems such as disease. And this is what I presented about a couple of years ago at the National Science Foundation. I said, look, it's not just, you know, this, right? The two blue boxes. It involves your amazing bacteria in your gut. It involves viruses. We have about 380 trillion viruses. It involves the interferon system. And, you know, the gut-brain axis looking at your brain. So if you have stuff going on in your gut, that's going to affect neuroinflammation. But the interferon system, as you can see, is one system that's the missing link across all of these, which is rarely talked about. So going back to the two blue boxes here, this is sort of the left box here. This is a right box here on the bottom. So in phagocytosis, what happens is when your body gets attacked at the innate system level, you have these macrophages, which go try to eat up that virus. And as they're eating it up and spitting things out, and I may make it a little more dramatic, um, the parts of the virus are known as, that are, you know, sort of crunched up, are antigens, which means the pieces of the virus, which are then presented from the adaptive immune system to the innate immune system, the T cells. So this, so if you look at this little pink thing here, which gets eaten up, which is part of the virus, um, gets then presented by the macrophage to the T cell. And when this happens, the T cells go forward and they do a set of functions to create antibodies, okay? So that's pretty much the essentially the whole thing of the old model of the immune system, macrophages attack, right? And then as they're beating up the pathogen, the pieces of that pathogen are presented to what's called a CD4 T cell. That T cell then, you know, calls upon the CD8 cell, which may go destroy the, um, the actual infected cell, right? Um, or, and it, it calls upon a B cell to create what is known as an antibody, okay? And the idea is if you got that, you're done, but that's not true. We talked about the interferon system. Well, the interferon system, and by the way, here's another way of looking at it. Here's the typical immune response. Let's say this is the COVID virus. This is the lung epithelial cell. This is your lungs on this side, and this is a bloodstream on this side. So the virus comes in, you inside your lungs, you have macrophages which attempt to eat it, all right? The virus may also get into the cell. It may infect it, but this macrophage sort of squeezes its way through here as it's chomping at this, and it presents the pieces of it to the CD4 cell, which then calls up the CD8 cell to go eat up the infected cell. That's cytotoxicity. And the CD4 cell also calls upon the B cell to create antibodies, as you can see here, the antibodies are surrounding the virus, okay? This is the adaptive immune cell response. But the problem is, that's not the only game in town, okay? You know, as I mentioned, they're finding people with COVID or any type of virus. They're asymptomatic, they're healthy, they don't even have antibodies and they're fine. How's that possible? Well, the things that's left out of this bit, you know, this enormous thing called the immune system is the interferon system. The interferon system is a part of your infrastructure body that um, is uh, these molecules that are called interferons. They interfere with the virus. That's what they're called interferons. And these interferons um, are, um, by the way, if you look at the third bullet, they're in every, virtually every cell in your body, unlike antibodies, okay? They're everywhere, okay? And the interferons constitute the first line of defense against infection. 
and the interferons create an antiviral environment in the cell. In fact, this entire process upregulates many, many genes, upregulates many genes. And there are type one interferons, interferon alpha and beta, which are in every part of your body. So the interferon system is hugely important because it says it's not just about the antibodies, antibodies, antibodies. We also have interferons. And why are interferons important? Interferons increase antiviral activity of cells like NK cells. NK means natural killer cells, which go eat up your infected cells. So extremely important, independent of antibodies, okay? So there you go. We talked about the immune system. Now, it's really, really important in all of this. We're looking at green tea to understand the principle of synergy. So when you look at green tea and you look at all those components, it's not just hitting one molecular system in your body, it's hitting many molecular systems. This is why this cup of green tea is very valuable because it has multiple types of catechins, those polyphenols, which go affect many different pathways. And when you study systems, it's important to understand the principle of synergy. And a, a simple example of understanding that is when we, you know, you can take green tea, mash it up. You can mash up green tea with other things. You can take uh, curcumin and you can take many different herbs and you combine it. You know, when we um, make curry, for example, it's not just one spice, it's a set of spices, right? Because it's the ensemble effect that those has. So when you look at this in the synergistic effect, right? The, uh, I wanna give you an example we've done with Cytosol. What we can do is we've taken all the molecular pathways of inflammation involved with turmeric and we've extracted those 6,000 papers and we've extracted the molecular mechanisms and voila, you see all the places that curcumin, the active ingredient affects those molecular mechanisms. Similarly, we've done that with resveratrol, okay? Now what happens if you mix it together? Well, with cytosol, we can mathematically look at a cytokine on the far left, which causes inflammation I'm not giving any curcumin and any resveratrol, so I have high inflammation. That's what that 0.15 represents if you're focused on that first row. Then I just give curcumin, row num experiment number two, and the inflammation drops. Then I just give resveratrol. The inflammation doesn't do as, drops, doesn't do as good as curcumin. Curcumin went to 0.05, this goes to 0.06. But look what happens when I apply the principle of synergy. I'm not just taking just curcumin or just resveratrol, I'm combining them. And look what happens here. Even though I'm giving less of each one of those, you get even a 200% further drop. This is called the principle of synergy. Extremely important in understanding systems. The principle of synergy is vital to understanding systems because it is what is the art of life. It is what can make the difference between winning and losing, between life and death, between healing and not healing. It is these combinations of things. So as a part of that, what I want to let you know is, you know, using Cytosol recently, we have, um, you know, Cytosol is a very powerful technology. We can literally model complex diseases on the computer. Then we can go through and look at all the different ingredients out there and we can see what combinations do the best. So to, you know, for since 2003, you know, we created Cytosol from a systems approach, used it to understand all different kinds of ingredients as we're sharing with you here today, helped a lot of companies, but over the last, 15, 16 years, we've actually built many, many mathematical models. We have repositories of compounds from natural products. So we said, hey, why don't we go through, uh, we've helped a lot of companies, why don't we try to create like the best product 
for let's say inflammation or pain and discomfort. And that was really the evolution of Cytosol. So what we've um, done here is we've created a product called MV25 and you can go to vashiva.com and you can get it on the shop, I'll show it to you later. But what we've done is we've optimized it with Cytosol. It's a combination and we're calling it MV because MV in physics means momentum mass times velocity. And when you go through the back of the label, you'll see it says, you know, this was formulated using the Cytosol computational systems biology platform, a technology for precision and personalized health invented by Dr. Shiva during his doctoral research. This formulation results from integrating thousands of peer reviewed scientific papers across four decades in 68 research institutions, computing trillions of potential combination of biomolecular interactions to discover an optimal synergy of compounds that downregulate biomarkers of discomfort and normal swelling. So Cytosol optimized means this formula has been optimized to maximize the benefits and availability while minimizing toxicity. As the science advances, so will this formulation. By the way, this is clean certified, which means non-GMO, um, organic ingredients, and, we've, and it's made in the US. So why is this important? Because if you think about the principle of synergy, it's not using any one thing. This is why food is medicine. Food doesn't just have one compound. It's got many, many different compounds. Just like we saw with green tea, if you if you just, you know, there are people who just take pure caffeine. Well, that's gonna, that could have some beneficial effects, but it can also offset you. As a food, this has enough combinations of things that you're getting the effect, but you're also getting it modulated, okay? So when we created MV25, we were looking at all different combinations. And by the way, most of the supplements out on the market, if you actually look at how they're developing, it's just some guy, one guy, it's called a formulator. He reads a couple of papers, very good people, but they did they did not have the capability of Cytosol. So MV25 is a manifestation of really using this synergy approach, okay? Now, is the synergy approach only good for molecules, right? Or could you apply it to other scientific principles? And one of the things you'll find here is that if you look at truth, okay? If you look at, for example, for the last many, many years, the nerds or the innovators, you know, the scientists, we search for truth. And typically those have been called the nerds over here, right? And then you have another set of people, you, you're fighting for freedom, right? Typically, politically, they're called the people into freedom of speech rights and the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. And they look and feel it a little bit different, right? That's a different group of people, right? And then you've had the set of people who are into health, right? Typically the earthy, crunchy granola types, right? Uh, people are into yoga and eating right and drinking green tea, et cetera. The problem is that all of these three movements have been separated, no different than if you just had curcumin or just had uh, resveratrol, you just took one compound out in green tea, okay? The issue is that the reason we don't have a massive movement that has been successful change is that those in power have, just like keeping curcumin and resveratrol in different bins or not combining, they've kept them in all different bins. Oh, you must be a redneck if you support the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. You must be a nerd if you're a scientist. You must be a yoga Nazi if you're into health, right? Et cetera, these little, but what we wanna talk about here is just at the biomolecular level, if you start combining stuff, if you go at the, at the systems level, you understand that we must combine this and this is where we can go beyond left and right. So as a part of that, I wanna encourage all of you that what you're seeing in this discussion here, 
We're talking about green tea. We're talking about the components of green tea, but we're talking about food as medicine. We're then taking a journey to talk about Cytosol, an amazing technology which can help us unravel the system's nature of green tea. But that system's approach is what we can use to actually understand anything in the universe, including how to build a political movement. That's why our movement, the Truth Fritter Health Movement, is based on you taking a systems approach. That's why when I'm talking about green tea, I'm compelled to interconnect it. I can't separate, I can't separate the politics from the green tea, from uh, the movement or science. So let me play you the video as I always do um, to help you guys understand why this is important and what our movement for truth, freedom and health is about. Country to be taken over from within. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. Okay. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four year old kid studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media, we need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We gotta train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people, Dave, to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, 
you're screwed. You're going to follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders. Oh, he said something. Or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up his own quote-unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to vashiva.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people. Two years of MIT control systems, I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it, anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom and health and they can find it on V as in Victor A Shiva, vashiva.com so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VA Shiva, Victory America Shiva, VAShiva.com. All right. So anyway, every, anyway, everyone go to vashiva.com slash join and become truth, freedom and health warrior. Um, it's a way that you support your own education. You support this amazing movement for truth, freedom and health. So and that's what uh, all your support is, what makes this possible. We're also building, as you know, our own infrastructure and we're running many, many different programs. So let me get back to this. Um, remove this. Let's go back. OK. So uh, where are we here? All right. All right, let's go here. Oh, um, by the way, when you go onto the website, uh, when you join, you know, we have a whole amazing dashboard for our Truth, Freedom and Health Warriors. Um, you get videos, there's, it's, it's really a, a vehicle for three things. First of all, for you to get educated, you know, and we have a whole bunch of educational tools. Um, uh, in system science. So you're going to really, when you take the course, you're going to understand what this diagram is. It'll take you about two to three years to go to MIT to get this, but I teach it to you in about an hour. Uh, then you get access to the book, System and Revolution. Then you get access to the tool, Your Body, Your System, where you can understand your body as a system. And all of you guys who've contributed, you know, as a gift, we make this possible to all those people who gave 25 or more. Then people um, who also can get access to the system self portal where you can educate others, your friends and your neighbors. You get access to other scientific reports. You get access to the entire course that's online. You can actually get certified. And then you get access to three other books. Plus you get access to the engineering paper. And then you get access uh, to all of that. And those of you who've contributed, very, been very generous with $100 or more, all of you guys 
uh, have the chance to participate in the warrior program. But most importantly, I don't want you to feel alone because as you learn this material, you're going to feel like your consciousness is raised and you don't have friends that you want to connect with. So there's a forum where you can go through independent of big tech. You can start your own discussions, lots and lots of discussions taking place. There's also a social media tool. You can create your own page, um, equal or better than Facebook. And then you can um, also start your own page and interconnect with other people. Then you can get activated. We give you lots and lots of tools where you can print out this card on vaccines and in your own neighborhood, you can be an activist teaching people about ma masks, the science of it, the public health implications. You can educate people from a scientific basis on what the real issues to go beyond vax, anti-vax, right? And then people can understand the science of that. So that's, you know, the model here. The knowledge that you learn about green tea, you're going to learn it's a system, but I don't want you to just learn about green tea. I want you to, you know, generalize it to learn something much, much more deeper. So there you go. That's It's all interconnected. So the effect of green tea on immune health is when you look at it, you find out that the important thing are these catechins. So again, the catechins from the green tea modulate the immune system through anti-inflammatory properties. Now those catechins from green tea exhibit antimicrobial effects. This is what's interesting. So, so think about this, the catechins like vitamin D3 have an antimicrobial effect and those catechins also have an anti-inflammatory effect. So they have a dual effect in this case. The L-theanine promotes proliferation of, uh, of the innate immune system, which means it supports the innate immune system, your macrophages, your NK cells. So that's that theanine, which also modulates caffeine. And then the green tea compound alleviates asthma symptoms through smooth muscle relaxation. So let's look at L-theanine, okay? So this is the effect of green tea on the immune system and uh, particularly on the innate system. So if you look at the, the L-theanine promotes the proliferation of gamma delta T cells, okay? See, you know, that, that, that's these T cells. So you can see right here that uh, L-theanine literally um, supports the proliferation of these T cells. And what's important, these are part of your innate immune system. And these T cells enable antibacterial activity, antiviral and antifungal. Antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal. That's, so this molecule enables a T cell to do that. It's a very powerful effect. The second thing that happens is the effect of the green tea on the immune system is it supports the adaptive immune system. So there's that molecule, EGCG. That's that molecule with all those OH groups around it, right? And what EGCG does, if you look at the Th1 cell, which is one of the cells that's involved in the transition in the adaptive immune system, the Th1 cell, uh, the NF-kappa-beta and AP1 control the upregulation of inflammatory genes. So in this cell, you have these two molecules, NF-kappa-beta and AP1. These actually create TNF-alpha, IL-2, MCP-1, and IL-1-beta. Why is this important? Well, these molecules are inflammatory molecules, cytokines, okay? Well, and they are created by NF-kappa-beta and AP1. Guess what EGCG does? It blocks these. And so release of these cytokines leads to the cytokine storm. So that's what you would get. But right up here, we're blocking NF-kappa-beta and AP1. So EGCG inhibits NF-kappa-beta-1 and AP1, thereby mitigating the cytokine storm. So again, this is why green tea has a modulatory effect, right? So 
that's probably why you feel good when you're drinking a nice warm cup of tea, right? Because you're essentially giving your body uh, some shock absorbers, okay? Um, which means it modulates all the cytokine response. Now, here's the other thing. Um, EGCG, um, you also have to understand in the native T cells, which is part of the adaptive immune system, there's an uh, enzyme called IMDPH, which is necessary for activation of the pro-inflammatory Th1 cell. So before this, how does this get activated? What's well, activated by the naive T cell, which activates the Th1 cell. And the IMDPH is an enzyme necessary for the activation of the pro-inflammatory T cell, okay? And what EGCG does is it blocks this enzyme, right? So you don't, the Th1 cells are the inflammatory cells and the inhibition of IMDPH leads to suppression of the Th1 cells and reduction in inflammation. So, so uh, the uh, green tea has one effect where it goes right into the Th1 cell and it knocks out the NF-kappa beta, right? Which stops the cytokine response, but also upstream of that, it also is going and blocking IMDPH in the naive T cells, okay? Now, let's talk about the antimicrobial effects. So what we've just talked about is the amazing power of green tea to support the, uh, the, uh, the effect of the adaptive immune system. That's, you know, the thing, the aspect of the immune system that's exposed to the outer world, but it also supports your T cells, okay? By making sure that your T cells, um, you know, there's various types of T cells. It's not producing the ones that cause inflammation. Um, someone's asking, how is green tea for lupus and shortens? That's a good thing. Uh, beyond, blessed, if you, I'm going to put this up there. If you can send me an email, we can do a whole video. By the way, thank you everyone for all your comments and your ideas. We literally are putting them into a massive spreadsheet and all of them have not been forgotten. So um, um, beyond blessed, you can send an email to Victor Alpha Shiva, VA Shiva, VA Shiva at VA Shiva.com and we'll make sure we add that, okay? Um, all right, so the other aspect is green tea also has an antimicrobial effect, okay? So look at, it, it, antimicrobial means viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Viruses, bacteria, and fungi. So you can look over here, what EGC does here. EGCG in the upper left here, so here's a virus coming in, which is binding here, in this case to, let's say, uh, a receptor right here. Uh, what EGCG does is it inhibits the viral binding to the whole cell surface. It inhibits viral replication. So, so right here, the green tea blocks the virus, in it, it, it blocks the viral binding. Okay, so think about that. And then the other thing it does, it inhibits the viral replication right here. So remember, just to go back to basic immune system stuff I've taught you guys, is that the virus, first of all, has to land on the surface like a lock and key, then it gets in, right? Then it releases its RNA, its, its nucleic acid, and then it starts using your machinery to replicate it. And then it reassembles itself and gets that well. Green tea stops it from getting in. It blocks the receptor action. That's number one. And if it does get in, it goes and blocks the replication process. That's very powerful. When you think about it, the very powerful effects green tea has on the antiviral effects. Now, on the antibacterial effects, um, it blows up literally 
the membrane walls you're seeing up here. So, so it, it, it basically, and it, so green tea here, uh, it causes membrane disruption and it also destroys the DNA of the bacteria and it inhibits the bacteria from replicating. Very powerful. And then the last thing, what it does to fungi, it also di disrupts the membrane like it does to bacteria. It also dis destroys the DNA of the fungi as you're seeing here, but it also inhibits ergo sterol synthesis, which is necessary for building the fungal cell wall. So basically it destroys the fungus cell wall. Remember, you're basically you're taking down the wall, okay? And the, and, and the fungi and the bacteria are essentially destroyed. But with viruses, it goes and stops the virus from getting in and it stops viral replication, right? Green tea, amazing, amazing uh, medicine. Food is medicine. Um, now, let's talk about asthma, okay? Um, you know, when people get asthma, you have constriction of the bronchial airways, they get wheezing. And essentially what, what you have is the muscle in the smooth muscle constricts, right? You have vasoconstriction of the bronchial tubes, increasing severity of asthma symptoms. Well, the theophylline, right, from green tea relaxes the airway smooth muscle ASM in the bronchial tube. So here's a constricted uh, airway and here's a dilated one. So the relaxation of the smooth muscles in the bronchial tubes leads to reduced severity. So that's the theophylline, right, which is another component which we have. So we've talked about many different components, but the theophylline separate from the catechins, literally relaxes the smooth muscle, which um, helps in asthma. All right. So now in closing, what I want to do is everything I've, I've shared with you today, you know, we've gone through a systems approach. I've pounded away at you guys, you know, my journey into systems. We've talked about cytosol as a systems approach. We've talked about why all of you need to learn the science of systems, why all of you, we put up the banner again, should go to vashiva.com and, and, and become a truth, freedom, and health warrior. That's what I uh, minimally expect of everyone, okay? I want all of you guys to be truth, freedom, and health warriors. Don't do it for me. Do it for yourselves because the only way that we're going to build a worldwide movement is by having nuclear physicists of change, which comes from understanding system science. And that system science is going to help you understand green tea. It's going to understand help you understand how you build political systems. So... Now, everything I've shared with you is taking up a, a bottoms-up systems approach using cytosol, right? Which is sort of a Western molecular systems approach. But you can also take another approach, which we also educate you on. You can take an engineering systems approach, which is related to engineering science, related to Eastern medicine that I unraveled as part of my Fulbright. Now, using that, I'm also going to analyze green tea, okay? So when you take that approach, what you find is, by the way, that approach is when you go to your body, your system, all of you get it when you support our movement and you become a supporter or a warrior. But the your body, your system is a very powerful tool. It took me 20 years to build this where you can ask a set of questions and you'll figure out what kind of system you are. That's that red dot. And then you can figure out how you're deviated from that. Maybe you didn't get enough sleep or you haven't been eating well or you're on jet lag. Right. And then the tool actually teaches you how you can manipulate the forces of transport, conversion, and storage. And you'll understand that when you take the course to bring you back to you. Well, in the same vein, if you think about transport, conversion, and storage, these are the three forces of the universe, okay? Well, guess, guess what green tea does? It increases transport movement. That makes sense, the caffeine in it. It also increases pitta, 
which is the conversion aspect, digestion. And it lowers storage, which means lowers weight. So you'll understand that transport, conversion, and storage, what I discovered are the three important phenomena in the universe. Believe it or not, they're related to truth, freedom, and health. Freedom being the transport piece, uh, truth being the conversion piece, storage being the health piece, okay? So all of this is deeply interconnected. And that's why when I keep doing these videos, I'm using green tea. In many ways, you're getting a lot of benefits of understanding it, but I'm using it to start training you. Green tea is a system. That system, which is a herb or a leaf, affects my system. And that's what you're seeing here. Your body can be understood as a system. So this, this red dot's you. You drink green tea. It's going to increase your transport. You're going to increase digestion, and you're going to lower weight. That's what this is teaching you, all right? So how much did you take? Well, again, all of this comes from the research. You know, three to 10 cups, you know, brew tea, maintenance dose, you know? Uh, it may seem like a lot, you know, I do about three cups. For cardiovascular benefits, Frank et al. and Knotts and Serbin in 2009, 2015 said, you can take about 160 to 2,500 uh, milligrams per day of the green tea extract. You know, uh, I also have the extract, which is the green tea extract, and you can look at it, it as a lot of EGCG in it. For neuroprotective benefits, Park et al. 2011 found out that about one gram, you know, close to two grams, 1,720 milligrams per day of green tea extract. For diabetes, 84 to 386 milligrams of EGCG extract. And for immune boosting, Matsumoto et al. says that you want to take about um, uh, 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 588 milligrams of the green tea extract, which gives you about 378 milligrams of the catechins and the 210 milligrams of the theanine. So you can actually look at these. If you go look at the supplements, it'll actually tell you the levels that those extracts contain. But anyway, uh, I want to encourage all of you to really explore green tea as a food. If you don't look at it, it is a very powerful food. It's easy to make. Uh, it modulates the cells of the innate and adaptive systems as we've seen. It inhibits the cytokine storm. It's green tea is a potent antimicrobial, and it also is a potent bronchial dilator. There you go. So green tea has many, many effects. I hope this has been helpful. It's really a multi-systems food, okay? Systems, systems, systems. Go become a truth, freedom, and health warrior. Um, you know, we are building the movement globally. We want to have about 50,000 truth, freedom, and health warriors on the ground. We have to build a movement beyond left and right. A systems approach is how we get there. We're not going to get it from the Republicans or the Democrats or left and right and black and white divisions. It's going to come from a systems approach because a systems approach will help us unify what's going on. You know, when you look at green tea, it modulates a cytokine storm. This is why, you know, I'll do another uh, article on it. This is why when people are undergoing transplants, our research has found, you know, people get all sorts of reactions. The green tea they found modulates that. Uh, and we've shown why at the molecular systems level. I'll do a whole talk on that. But you can understand that your body is a system. Food, every food that you eat controls the forces of transport, conversion, and storage. When you understand your body is a system, you can see this. That's why I want to encourage all of you to go to vashiva.com slash join, support this movement. Let me just share our actual website and walk you through it. And uh, vashiva.com slash join is our website. All right. Let me go right there to it. And on vashiva.com slash join, you know, you'll hit the main page 
let me take, actually, let me just go right to the main page here. If you go to the main page, by the way, every day we have a great team of people all over the world who help us with our website. If you go to the main page, you'll find out that, you know, we just, every live I do, we also make it into beautiful articles. I want to thank people like Crystal Ellis and Dwayne Flowers who help us do the transcripts. Um, you'll, you'll find out more about myself uh, and, and the movement that we're working on. You can get access to the Truth, Freedom and Health Leadership Training Program. But more importantly, as I mentioned, you can go into the dashboard, right? You can see all the tools that you, you get when you become a supporter. And you don't have to, uh, by the way, you can contribute nothing. You can just sign up just as a member, okay? You, don't, you can go to vashiva.com slash join. Let me, uh, actually, let me stop this. You can go, I just want to encourage people, you can just sign up as a member and get access to um, a, a, a sections of the dashboard. You don't get access to everything, but you get access to a good number of things. So you want to go to vashiva.com slash join. And by the way, you can go to the shop. I totally forgot to mention this. And everyone, uh, and get a bunch of text messages. You can go to the shop here and you'll see right here, you can get access to the books, but you can also get access to MV25, which is the first product in the world that's really been produced from this engineering systems approach um, to understand health and well-being. And this is for pain and discomfort. So please go explore that. It's up there. And please go become a truth, freedom and health warrior. We need to build this movement and it is your support. Everything we do is independent of big tech. It's done on our own platform and it's your contributions that even make all of our research possible. Anyway, let me see if there's any other questions people have. Uh, are you going to help Sydney Powell get through her court battles even though she lost? Uh, look, you know, it's interesting. Uh, she's a lawyer. Uh, I did help Sydney. I wrote the affidavit for them in the Georgia lawsuit showing how the algorithms were in place. Look, the real crime scene is the fact that the state election directors are allowing electronic voting machines with the ability to have these weighted race algorithms. Okay. Let's talk about it here. I like the tree of life. Uh, Trump eats at McDonald's. All right. Uh, order your supplements. M yeah, MV25, please. It's a way, by the way, when you support that, you're supporting your health. Um, it's We went through trillions of combinations to find this, uh, re chemical reactions. Do you keep a library of your videos? Yes. Um, by the way, one of the things we're doing is a reason we need your support for this movement is we're buying more hardware. I've actually written new software code. I still do a lot of software programming and we have literally created the infrastructure where we will have our own videos out of our own data center we have right here, okay? I've been doing a data center for many, many years and we're, uh, we've donated that to the cause. So anyway, become a truth, freedom and health warrior. Um, let your friends know what we're doing. We need to build a bottoms up movement. It has to be independent of Republican and Democrat, independent of black and white, independent of left and right. And that's where we're at. We have to evolve beyond this adolescent stage of politics to a much more enlightened stage. And that's what our movement is about. And we don't need everyone. We're not here to convince everyone. We're here to get about 50,000 people this year. And we know that'll create the wave, that'll create the critical mass. So become a truth, freedom and health warrior, support the movement and be the light. Thank you everyone, have a good night.